You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter number 26. I'd like to bring a message tonight entitled, We Are Under Attack. And I don't mean to frighten anyone. There's no literal attacks that I know of that are taking place in the United States right at this exact moment. But I believe it will be applicable uh, as we begin talking about this. But the title of the message is, We Are Under Attack. Matthew chapter 26, and we'll begin reading in verse number 36. The Bible says, Then cometh Jesus with him unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, "Sit, Sit ye here, While I go and pray yonder, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. Verse 38, then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So his instruction to them was to tarry and to watch. Verse number 39, and he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them, what's the next word? Asleep. Asleep. And saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? I would dare say that if that was the case and it was about 10 or 15 minutes, maybe it'd be the same thing. Verse number 41, Watch. And pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. In verse 46, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. While he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to preach the precious word of God. And Lord, I'm unworthy, I'm undeserving, but I thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. I pray that you would have your hand upon this message. Help me to say the things that you'd have me to say. I pray that you'd encourage those that are discouraged. I pray that you'd help us to be uh, revived and renewed. I pray that we'd be re-energized to serve you with our lives. I pray that you'd help us to have our eyes open to all that is taking place in the world in which we live. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. September 11th, 2022. 21 years after the tragic event that took place on September 11th, 2011, 2,996 deaths, countless number of injuries, 19 hijackers committed murder-suicide. What were these people after? I'd like to read a proclamation from the White House 
that's dated September 13th, 2011. On Tuesday morning, September 11th, 2001, terrorists attacked America in a series of despicable acts of war. They hijacked four passenger jets, crashed two of them into the World Trade Center's Twin Towers and a third into the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense at the Pentagon, causing great loss of life and tremendous damage. The fourth plane crashed in the Pennsylvania countryside, killing all on board, but falling well short of its intended target, apparently because of the heroic efforts of passengers on board. This carnage, which caused the collapse of both Trade Center Towers and the destruction of part of the Pentagon, killed more than 250 airline passengers and thousands more on the ground. Civilized people around the world denounce the evildoers who devised and executed these terrible attacks. Justice demands that those who helped or harbored the terrorists be punished, and punished severely. The enormity of their evil demands it. We will use all the resources of the United States and our cooperating friends and allies to pursue those responsible for this evil until justice is done. We mourn with those who have suffered great and disastrous loss. All our hearts have been searched, uh, seared by the sudden and senseless taking of innocent lives. We pray for healing and for strength to serve and encourage one another in hope and faith. Scripture says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I call on every American family and the family of America to observe a national day of prayer and remembrance, honoring the memory of thousands of victims of these brutal attacks and comforting those who lost loved ones. We will persevere through this national tragedy and personal loss. In time, we will find healing and recovery. And in the face of all this evil, we remain strong and united, one nation under God. Now therefore I, George W. Bush, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim Friday, September 14, 2001, as a national day of prayer and remembrance for the victims of the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. I ask the people of the United States and places of worship mark this National Day of Prayer and Remembrance with noontime memorial services, the ringing of bells at that hour, and evening candlelight remembrance vigils. I encourage employers to permit their workers time off during the lunch hour to attend the noontime services to pray for our land. I invite the people of the world who share our grief to join us in these solemn observances and goes on to uh, list the day that this was enacted. What has happened since the time of this national day of prayer? I remember the place that I was standing. I remember the situation or where I was when this event took place. I remember that at that time it seemed like America came back to God, that America came back together, united as a nation under God. And as Pastor mentioned, you could see at the ball fields or in different places, folks singing, God bless America. How have we come from that time to the day that we're at today? Well, let me just highlight a date that maybe you've not highlighted before, September 10th, 2011. You say, well, what happened on September the 10th, 2011? There was some planning that was taking place. 
There was some preparing that was taking place. But it wasn't on the behalf of the American people. It was against the American people. And I would dare say that on September 11th, 2011, that America was asleep to terrorist attacks. I would say that since that time, maybe we've gone back a little bit in that direction. But, uh, you know, we've got things that are implemented in airports and different things. But let me just say this today, that America today is under attack. What has happened since this rally war, uh, uh, rallying war cry? What has happened since this day that America was attacked? Our freedom and religious liberty was attacked. What are we like now as a nation in the midst of this event? You say, how are you telling us today that we're under attack? Well, I believe just like September 10th and the days preceding that, I believe the devil is at work to tear down our country. I believe the devil is at work to tear down the family, to tear down the family unit, to tear down the roles and responsibilities that God has established, to tear down marriage as we know it today uh, with things that are taking place in politics. Let me just say this, that number one, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. In Matthew 26 and verse number 40, the Bible says, And He cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. What did Jesus know was taking place at this exact moment that He felt the burden and He felt the pressure to, to pray and to be in, in, in tremendous sorrow and to have tears as uh, 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 drops of blood, sweat as drops of blood uh, coming down His face? He knew what was taking place behind the scenes. Even the disciples couldn't see it. Jesus knew the urgency of the hours, but the disciples couldn't see it. And what were they doing? They were sleeping. And let me just say this, that the time today is urgent. It's time for Christians to wake up. It's time for us to watch and to pray. And the Bible says that he went away again and he came and found them asleep again in verse number 43. What was happening at this time that Jesus was praying and the disciples were asleep? Judas was preparing with the chief priests and the elders of the people a great multitude, the Bible says, with swords and staves to come, they were preparing for an attack. Let me just say this, that while Christians today are sleeping spiritually, the devil is riling for an attack. The devil is attacking all that we know that's good. He's working behind the scenes to see how he can destroy your family, how he can destroy your testimony, how he can kick God out of this city, out of this county, and out of this country. It's time for Christians to wake up. We need to realize that we are in a spiritual battle and the stakes are high. What are we doing to prepare for this battle? What contribution are we making for the cause of Christ? It's time to wake up. It's time to get involved. It's time to serve. It's time to give of our time, to give of our talents, to give of our treasure. Let's stop giving this world our best and give God our best. The Bible says that Jesus told them to watch and to pray. What is that signifying? To watch means to be aware of our surroundings. And I would dare say that as Christians today, as people today, a lot of times, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what news outlet to listen to. And I'm tired of the politics. I'm tired of hearing what's going on. But you know what? I also don't want to be ignorant of what is taking place. 
in my effort to shield myself from all this nonsense that's taken place, I've, I've generally isolated myself from it. But I believe that we as Christians can't isolate ourselves from what's taking place. I think we need to know and be involved and have a voice and speak up and to be aware of our surroundings, to be aware of what's taking place behind the scenes. How are you spiritually today? Are you watching? Are you aware that the devil wants to take away your voice? Wants to take away your testimony? You say, well, how does he do, do, do that? Well, you know what? He's been around for so long, he knows how to get each and every one of us. And some of our weaknesses may be different than others' weaknesses, but the devil will find it and he'll get inside and he'll get you to be angry and get you to be bitter and get you to be upset. But you know what? I don't want anything in this life to take away the blessing of God from my family, the blessings of God on my life for my religious liberty. And we have to be awake. It's time to wake up and to watch. And not only that, he said to watch and to pray, to earnestly seek the Lord 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Are you doing your part? Are you awake? Are you sleeping, spiritually speaking? While we are sleeping, let me just say this, the devil is at work. It's time for us to watch it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to wake up. Not only is it time for us to wake up, number two, the Bible says in verse number 46, the first word there, it says rise. It's time not just to wake up, it's time to stand up. In verse number 46, Jesus told His disciples to rise. And I think literally speaking, it's time for Christians to stand up. We've been sitting for far too long it's time for us to not just stand up physically, amen, but it's time to, for us to take a stand with what we believe. It's not enough to just be awake. It's not enough to just be aware of what's going on. It's not enough to just pray. We need to be doing something. And you say, well, what are you talking about? It's not enough to pray. That doesn't make sense. Well, here, let, let, let me just give an illustration here. If we're like, hey, look, we've got three buses that are out here. Well, there's two out there right now because one's in the shop. But we've got three buses. But on a weekly basis, we're only operating two buses. Why are we only operating two buses? Because that's all the workers that we have. So you say, hey, you know what? Well, we need another bus driver. We need some more bus workers. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And that's a great thing to do, amen? But you know what? Sometimes that prayer needs to take some feet and say, hey, I see a need and we need some bus drivers. And hey, we need some workers. So you know what? I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to say, hey, Lord, here am I. Send me. And if you want me to drive a bus, God, that's what I'd be willing to do so that these folks can hear the gospel and get saved and lives can be changed as a result of it. But that's just an illustration. You know what? Sometimes it's not just praying that God would send somebody. Sometimes it's praying that God will use me. Amen. We all have friends and we all have relatives and we pray for their salvation and beg God that somebody will go by and talk to them. But yet, who are we talking to? Maybe you're the answer to prayer that somebody has across this nation to lead their relatives to Christ here in Roanoke Rapids. Are we doing our part? It's been said before, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. Teenager, what decisions have you made to take a stand? If someone offered you alcohol, have you already decided to take a stand? If someone offered you drugs, have you already determined to take a stand? 
If immorality was on the table, have you already dictated that you're going to wait until you get married? It's time to take a stand for what's right. The Bible says to put on the whole armor of God and having done all, to stand. Why do we stand? Why is this important? Why is it important to wake up? Because we are under attack. The devil is working. What are we doing about it? It's time to wake up. It's time to stand up. Lastly, it's time to speak up. Look at verse number 69, if you will. And of course, the Judas comes and they carry Jesus away. And we're familiar with the story. But in verse number 69, the Bible says that now Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. Verse number 70, but he, what's the next word? Denied. And we know that three times he went out and denied. In verse 75, the last two words says that he went out and wept bitterly. You know what? It's not time to just wake up. It's not time to just stand up. It's time to speak up. And you may be thinking that I'm talking about using our voice for politics, and I'm not. But since you mentioned it, I'll, I'll say something about it. I do feel it's important to make your voice heard. You know, there's a vote that's supposed to take place in the next week or so for the acceptance of a bill called the Respect for Marriage Act. This Respect for Marriage Act is more like a Disrespect for Marriage Act. It's garnered, uh, according to a, a, a secular newspaper, it's garnered uh, uh, more support than ever for any pro-LGBTQ XYZ bill in Congress. Why is that? Because what it would do is essentially codify gay marriage and rights and force every state to recognize these in an in a amendment to the Constitution and in a codified amendment. And you know what? That's a bill that's taking place we're under attack. Our homes are under attack. Our roles in the homes are under attack. Voting is important. Hey, uh, uh, be, uh, corresponding with our representatives to say, hey, enough is enough and I don't support this. It's important because they need, I believe it's 10 Republicans to swing sides in order to get this passed. If they don't have it, it won't pass. So our voice is important in issues like this. I think it's time to stop hiding in the dark and being fearful of what other people might think about us. Let me just say this. We're not in a popularity contest. The Bible says that when Jesus came here, he was despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And you know what? If that's what Jesus experienced here in this life by just trying to spread good and tell the good news and was sent by God, what is our lives like here today? It's time to wake up. It's time to stand up. It's time to speak up. But you know what? I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about making your voice heard in a much greater area, the area of souls. We're under attack. Jesus said before He left this earth that ye shall be witnesses unto Me. And I'm so glad that even though Peter denied Jesus three times, uh, He comes back and preaches at Pentecost where 3,000 were saved. The command that rings through the halls of the past into the present and echoes through eternity is that Jesus wants you to tell others about Him. After we're saved, we get baptized, which identifies us with Christ and tells everybody on the outside about the decision that's made on the inside. And If you've not been baptized, now is the time to get it taken care of. But after we're baptized, Jesus wants us to spread the good news throughout the world. It's not solely the pastor's responsibility. 
It's not solely the church staff responsibility. It's the responsibility of every Christian to tell others what God has done for you. That's how we change a nation back to God. In Acts 20, verse number 18, the Bible says that they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What has God done in your life that you can't help but just tell others about? Maybe it's time to re-examine all that God has done for us and get excited about it so that we can start telling others about it. In Luke 19 and verse number seven, uh, 37, the Bible says, And when he was come nigh, even at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I wonder how many inanimate objects around the world are just waiting to cry out that Jesus is Lord because we're not speaking about it on his behalf. When's the last time you told somebody about something that God has done in your life? You see, I think sometimes we think that if we just pray and praying, again, I think that's important. But you know what? Sometimes we have to put those prayers to work and open our mouths and tell others about it and stand up and take a stand and rise up and do something with our prayers. And you know what? Sometimes we think that, you know what? If I just pray for this individual or whatever else, but the reality is the Bible says that those who are not saved can't even discern their right hand from their left hand. And if they can't understand their right hand from their left hand, there's no way that they're going to determine what is a man and what is a woman or what is marriage or what is right and what is wrong because there's no basis for it at all. You say, well, what can we do about it? I'm just an individual. You know what we can do? We can wake up. Hey, you know what we can do? We can take a stand for what's right. You know what we can do? We can speak up and tell others about all that God has done for us. And you know what I believe is folks get saved and the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells us. That's where the change takes place. So let me ask you today, what are you doing with the attack that's taking place? You know, we have two options. Number one, we can keep doing what we're, what, what, what's normal, what's regular, and live our lives. Or we can say, you know what? I'm going to do my best to make a difference. And I fully understand I'm preaching to the choir but there's always more that we can do here in this life. There's always more that we can say, you know what, I can use my voice for that which is good and stop tearing down our own people. And that's how churches decay from the inside out and encourage one another and exhort one another to say, hey, it's so good to see you and pray for one another. That's what the church body is for. How are you doing spiritually today? We are under attack. The devil is working behind the scenes to tear down this church. You know, we've had some issues that have come up in the school that all I, I view them as very minor. But as we sat there and as we pray for the school, I know the devil wants to fight against it. And I sit back a, a little bit uh, apprehensive to see what the devil's going to do. But I can tell you this, he hates it when we're teaching little children about the good news and about a biblical worldview and what's right and here's what the Bible says, the devil hates it, so his attacks are going to come. What are we doing about those impending attacks? It's time to wake up 
It's time to stand up and it's time to speak up. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.